What's happening, Hardscapers? This is episode 238 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And on today's episode, and for the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be doing a marketing series. This is me putting it all out there. Everything that I've learned from a long time of creating content online, it did not just start with How to Hardscape, and it uh, is many, many years in the making, learning this and implementing this. I've tried so many different business models besides just landscaping, both in the off season of working at a supplier, uh, throughout school, and even into working my own and starting my own landscaping business and having the winters. So a lot of this I've implemented in past businesses and businesses that still continue that uh, run alongside what I currently do and have helped me drastically. It is everything from marketing to knowing your client to how to create content and creative to attract that client and so on and so forth. These are things that I've learned from all these years, reading books, uh, watching YouTube, all these different things, as well as things that I've learned from implementing them actually and taking action on these to be able to get clients into my businesses. So if um, if you find value in this, I would have really appreciate it if you shot me a message at How to Hardscape and let me know that so I know uh, whether or not to double down on this type of content in the future, because I do think that this is going to be a future that we're going to need to focus more on marketing and bringing in those clients and setting ourselves apart from the competition. And we're going to be getting into creating a client's avatar, creating content for that client and where to find that client to be able to get the best bang for your buck. If you're looking to spend money on ads or just to be able to find that client and how you can talk to that client. There is a lot of information here. So this may be an episode that you want to sit down with a piece of paper because it is all about uh, taking notes and taking the information that's either in your head or elsewhere to be able to put it down on a piece of paper because it's going to help you to create that content for that specific client's avatar that we're going to be creating in this episode. But before we get into that, we want to thank our sponsor, Cycle CPA. If you're looking for bookkeeping, accounting, CFO services, reach out to Cycle CPA at cyclecpa.com. Let them know how to hardscape sent you for money off their services there. And if you're looking for a software to get into budgeting, estimating, job costing, scheduling, time tracking, and so much more that we've got on the go for this software, I'm extremely excited for 2024. Reach out to me at How to Hardscape. Shoot me a message if you want to learn more about it. It also includes our training resources. That's interlocking concrete pavement, segmental retaining walls, only until the end of 2023. Afterwards, it will be separate memberships that you'll have to sign up for the software and the training. But those training resources can be used for you as a business owner or it can be used for training and onboarding your employees into your business. That's the whole point of it. And we're going to be expanding on that in the future. Uh, Locked in pricing only until the end of 2023. So you don't have much time if you're listening to this uh, as it drops. If you book a demo with me, I'll extend that to the end of January. But uh, if you do not before the new year, locked in pricing is not guaranteed. So just as a thank you to our current members and members that do sign up before the end of this, we will never raise your pricing. So you're locked in and you just never have a raise in pricing 
for anything. So it's just a, a thank you for signing up early, being early and supporting uh, what we're doing here. That's the How to Hardscape headquarters. You can find out more directly at members.howtohardscape.com or just like I said, shoot me a message at How to Hardscape on Instagram. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Now, this year coming up, I think that uh, obviously a lot of us are going to need to begin to market ourselves. And this could be whether it's uh, organic traffic, for example, you're creating content more and hoping to get leads that way putting a little bit more effort into the different social media platforms, or uh, it is other time offline going door to door or uh, handing out flyers, or if it is paid advertisements. All of this stuff that I'm going to be talking about today in this episode has come from years of starting smaller businesses, including my own landscaping business. I've dabbled into a lot of different types of businesses, uh, especially in the off season uh, from the supplier all the way to uh, the beginning of starting my landscaping business and in the wintertime trying to just start things, taste things, try things. And I've learned a lot when it comes to marketing, uh, whether that is, like I said, just creating content organically uh, or it is paid advertisements on social media. And I'm just going to go through all the things that I've learned and also have implemented and also have learned for myself from my own mistakes or things that have gone right with this type of marketing. I do suspect this is going to go more than one episode here. There's a lot to kind of dive in here. And actually, this is the first episode that I'm actually doing by myself where I actually took notes to be able to provide the most amount of value in the shortest amount of time possible for this. So with that being said, uh, we're going to start with who your ideal client is. This is going to help direct to you where you can find those clients and then get into actually creating creative content for those clients and how to create that content, uh, create offers for that client, how deciding how your company can provide the most value to that client, and also where you can find those type of clients. I think I already talked about that, but there's a few different topics in the realm of marketing that I'm going to be talking about here. So I suspect we're going to get into a few different episodes here. So if you are listening to this in the future, just know that this is part one. There's probably going to be a part two. There might be a part three. It might help in listening to these in order. So I do think the best way to start this is to talk about your ideal client. And in this case, we're going to talk about creating a client avatar. This is Creating this is going to allow you to create content specifically for that client. It's going to help you understand your client more and understanding their pain points, their fears, and how you can address those fears with the value that your company can offer them. That in of itself is valuable enough to write down and to then begin to brainstorm different creative ideas that you can create content for specifically that client. But what's going to help you even further is understanding more about that client in terms of their age, income, location, job, 
their education, marital status, the kids, do they have pets, uh, are they homeowners, hopefully, if you're doing landscaping for their house, as well as their interests. So all of these things are going to help you creating that client avatar, and it's going to help you to, when you are creating paid ads, you're going to be able to target that specific client even better and be able to get those same A plus clients that you want in your business. So let me go through this step by step here. When you're creating a client avatar, you can get as specific as giving it a name. It's not really necessary, but it does help when it comes to knowing who this specific client avatar is for in your business. For example, me, myself, I have a business that does both paver maintenance work, lift and relays, as well as we do design build work. Eventually, I want to get into a position where we have two separate divisions for that, but I have two separate client avatars for each of those businesses because those are two very different types of clients with two very different pain points, fears. They have two very different, perhaps, income statuses, locations, and so on and so forth here. So when it comes to your business, you may have more than one client avatar. Just know that when you're creating content you want to specifically choose one of those avatars that you're creating content for. You want to speak specifically to that client. And when, for example, I'm creating content for a lift and relay, I'm speaking specifically to that client that has pain points of needing a lift and relay done. And writing all this down is incredibly valuable because you can always come back and reference it, change it, adapt it and so on for you to create this content, like I said, specifically to that client. So let me give you an example here. I talked about age. My age for a design build client is typically going to be more than 45 years old. And that's not specifically going to always be the case. But I do find that once you get to that age, you have a little bit more disposable income. Your kids that are at a certain age where you may want to create memories in the backyard a little bit more. And this just seems to be the age that if I go 45 to say about 55, at 55 uh, upwards, you're kind of looking more into the grandparents age. And in that case, it could be a separate client avatar that you want to create for a design build business, because in that case, they're looking to create memories for their extended family. So perhaps different pain points, different fears when hiring a contractor, possibly their second time hiring a contractor for a landscaping, especially if they have relocated since. So once again, getting into perhaps you have a couple of different avatars based on your clientele that you've looked at in your past. And now I do want to say that you should, if you are have already been in business, look at your past clientele and see what were those recurring trends and especially the clientele that you enjoyed working for. Uh, the design build projects where they just handed it over to you and let you did you do your thing and that's the client that you want. Who were they? What were their age? You may find some recurring themes when it comes to this. Income status. This is going to help you be able to... Uh, target them further on paid social ads, but it's also going to help you to really understand further where these clients are located because you can very easily go onto Google and search 
affluent neighborhoods in X city. And that's going to give you a bunch of different neighborhoods. And then you can get the postal codes for those neighborhoods. And then you can use those postal codes in your paid advertising to specifically target those clients. The next one is location for avatar. So that kind of builds right on top of what I just said there, knowing their location. When I am, and specifically for me in a larger city here, uh, I haven't explored every area of the city, especially since we kind of just moved here. Uh, I don't know specific neighborhoods. I don't know specific areas. So when I'm driving around and I start to come across a neighborhood that looks like it would be where my client avatar lives, I get out my Google map and I take a screenshot or I make a note somewhere of the intersections just so I have that information for future reference. And I've got a running database of these different locations. But beyond that, I start to take notes on these different neighborhoods and what they look like. For example, a lot of these neighborhoods, uh, depending on when they were built, if it's a newer built neighborhood, uh, they get a lot of the work done sequentially. So uh, as well as older neighborhoods. So somebody sees a paver driveway be put in, typically one, two, three years, a lot of other paver driveways start popping up as people kind of try to keep up with one another. And this is typically what you see. So when you come across a neighborhood that, let's say you're a lift and relay business and you see one driveway that needs lift and relay or a front entrance that's falling apart, typically you'll find multiple other houses in that same neighborhood that need the same thing done, need that lift and relay done, need that front entrance fixed because one house gets it done next year, the next house or other houses in the neighborhood get it done. And then the third year, it's just compounding. Many more houses in that same neighborhood get that same work done to kind of just keep up with one another. So locations, I make sure I take those intersections, but also take notes on what work has been done to the majority of these houses are there houses that actually do need work done obviously we're just talking about the front yard for the most part you can get even more invasive i don't know if that's the right word for it but you can go on google earth and also even though this is delayed information you can see into the backyards and see oh okay so there's a handful of properties here that have had pools installed in their backyard with hardscapes around it and so on there and it won't give you an exact uh, amount. And this is not up to date information, but it's enough to kind of give you an idea of more about this neighborhood and their income level, their location, and allow you to create more and more notes on this specific neighborhood. And what this does is it allows you to know what type of supply is out there for you to sell. Uh, it helps you understand, okay, is this a neighborhood that there are uh, 50 homes in this neighborhood and based on my notes of their driveways, about 10% of them have paver driveways. It looks fairly recent. And now I go onto Google Earth and I see that five of the homes have pools and hardscapes. And maybe this is an opportunity for me because I can start to sell my services in this neighborhood. Whereas if it's a 50 home neighborhood and I go on Google Earth and say half of them already have pools, perhaps it's less of an opportunity for me there. And that's not an area that I want to spend my Google ad dollars or Facebook ad dollars to try to attract those clients for. Now, location is a little bit more fluent when it comes to my client avatar because 
My client avatar is quite specific for everything, including age, income, job, education, marital status, and so on and so forth. But that location can definitely change from place to place. I have a running list of locations and a running list of notes on those specific locations. The idea behind this locations is we want to know where we can market in the future, where's the best place to market currently, and to make sure that our ad dollars are not going to waste by advertising to a neighborhood that has already pretty much reached its max capacity of the work that could be done for it unless you see a lot of lift and relay work and you want to do that work in that neighborhood. So we've gone through age, income, location, job is a good one as well. This is going to help you further narrow down your client when you're doing paid ads because you can include different job statuses, uh, different jobs, whether it's self-employed, they own their own business, or perhaps on the other side of things, you don't want to work for, say, uh, real estate agents, lawyers, uh, engineers. And uh, those are also things that you can exclude from your audience when you're actually doing paid ads as well. So just taking note, this these are things that as I get to know my client more. I'm already working on their project. It's not something that I typically ask them going into a project, but once I kind of talk to them after a day of work and they're home from work, I kind of get to know a little bit more about them, ask them what they do for a living, what do they, uh, where do they work. Uh, I, I typically ask how many kids they have before designing a project or working on a project for them, just so I know like safety features that we can add in if need be and, and how to design a project specifically for that family. So th there are questions that you can ask prior, but things like job, I typically ask during uh, as I get to know them a little bit more and all these things I take notes on my clients and, and just add a running database so I get to know my clients a little bit more each and every single time. There could be a recurring theme of a certain occupation of clients that you have time in and time out and that becomes a occupation of somebody that you do not want to work for. So that uh, that does help you in the long term with that. Education level is another thing that you can also add into that. Could be tied to job, especially with those more professional doctor, lawyers, things like that. Uh, you could already know their education level when it comes to their job. But once again, another thing that you can narrow down your clients for more when it comes to paid ads. We got marital status. For me, typically, it's always a uh, married family, married partners. Uh, sometimes it's a single lady in their late 50s, 60s, uh, that, that definitely needs a little bit of help when it comes to lift and relay work. Uh, so that could be a, a client avatar for my lift and relay division. But when it comes to design build, typically it's a married couple and we get to get uh, can get to kids here as well. And knowing the age of the kids or approximate age of the kids, you don't want to get too into uh, asking specifics to your clients like how many kids do you have? What are their specific ages? What are their interests? Uh, these could be good questions to kind of just get a, a range. You don't want to seem too uh, getting too personal with them. So I just ask, Hey, how, how many kids do you have? If you don't mind me asking when I'm designing a project, what are their age ranges? You don't have to give me specific ages. Uh, and I just take notes on that as well. Pets. Do they have pets? Um, that's also a, an important thing when it comes to, uh, the permeability of say, uh, you are very much into, installing turf artificial turf and knowing that you need a permeable base for those these are just things that uh also help me narrow down that 
a client's avatar further? Do they have pets? Uh, do they have kids? And what are their age ranges for kids and pets needing a green space for their pets to relieve themselves in their backyard there as well? Obvious, obviously, uh, they are homeowners. This is something that we typically don't need to narrow down further, but obviously homeowners. But when you are living in a larger city and you have condos, you have apartments around, this is a very good way to narrow down that audience when you're paying for ads because you don't want to pay for ads in a specific area that has lots of condos, lots of apartments around, but also has some really nice homes that you want to advertise to. You don't want to mix into that your those condo owners in those apartment owners you want to hit only those homeowners i just want to take a break from today's episode to talk about our sponsor cycle cpa you may have a crm or project management software in place but what data are you using to ensure your estimating is accurate having a proper accounting setup and accurate bookkeeping done is key to understanding overhead expenses and other costs that must be recouped in your estimates Cycle CPA is a remote bookkeeping and CFO firm that helps to connect the dots from the financial reports to the hardscape and landscape data needed in order to reach high profits. They provide landscape and hardscape industry benchmarking, job costing financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA's team of accountants are specialized within the hardscape and landscape industry. And you can visit them at CycleCPA.com and for $200 off, mention the How to Hardscape podcast. Now back to our episode. And then getting into the weeds here, their interests, their hobbies. What do they do for their time off of work? Where do they go? Where do they typically visit? We're going to revisit this in the future. Uh, this is something that could be very tricky for you to uh, narrow down if you haven't really talked to your clients a lot, gotten to know, know them a little bit, but it is incredibly important for what I'm going to be talking about in the future here. So what I would suggest you do if you don't know this answer of interest, hobbies, and so on, I would look at certain landmarks in your city and based on the client avatar that you've created, try to make a list of these landmarks that your client's avatar would typically visit. For example, uh, if they, if your client avatar is a married couple with a young family, perhaps there's a kid's museum that your client avatar would typically visit or would visit maybe once a year, uh, an aquarium. A, uh, for example, I live in Toronto and the Toronto Maple Leafs play here and tickets for a Toronto Maple Leafs game is at the lowest end, about $300 for uh, the worst seats in the building. It's a typically more affluent pastime to visit. Uh, people with disposable income, especially going into a recession or a downtime in the economy. And so people with disposable income would be going to these games. And based on my client's avatar, we've narrowed that down to not just, you know, younger kids spending the money that they have and taking a date there or whatever that is. We've really narrowed it down with our client's avatar being a uh, 45 plus year old with a uh, income of X and they live in this location, but they're, you know, going to this game and uh, they have a typical job of this and their marital status is married and they do have kids and so on and so forth. So just making a list of your city and the landmarks that your client avatar will visit or will go to uh, different clubs in your city 
that's going to help you narrow down further as well. Uh, just make an ongoing list of all these different things. And we will revisit this in the future of where you can find your client now that you've created your client avatar. But beyond all this and everything that we've listed here, we have a very specific client that we can narrow down and try to find, but not just try to find, but also create our content to specifically talk to that client. And now that we've got this list for our specific client avatar, we need to further that list with a few more points here. And this list is going to help us with that content and being able to speak directly to that client. So pain points and fears, these can go hand in hand sort of, but pain points would be more so how things that they are having trouble with that you can solve. For example, a pain point for a lift and relay client could be more on the safety side of things. So I'm looking at front entrances, especially if I can drive around a neighborhood and really see their front entrances and whether or not they need work or not. I drive around, I see it, and now I know that the pain points of this neighborhood are that people walking up, a mailman uh, or male woman or a... Uh, their family, they are a family with grandparents that visit and they're walking up and their step caps are falling off. That is a pain point for safety. And I know I can create content around that to address that specific safety point. And that's an important one because obviously they don't want a lawsuit on their hands with somebody walking up, a step cap falling off, and they somebody twists their ankle, falls down, breaks their hip, and so on. So that is a specific pain point for a lift and relay clients. Same thing with wavy driveways or a front entrance that's fallen apart and so on. You can really uh, hit on those safety points or it could be an aesthetic thing, could be the only driveway in the area that is falling apart. This is maybe a client that went with a cheaper contractor or something just happened out of the ordinary. And that is a pain point that you can quite specifically point to for that client. However, for a design build uh, pain point, you're more so trying to appeal to those clients that have nothing in their backyard. Could be one thing that, you know what, it's time to actually create a usable space in our backyard. And we, we just don't have the ability to be able to do that. We don't know where to even start with a design and what elements to incorporate into that backyard. That is a pain point for that client. Uh, going off of that further, it could be something that they want to, uh, another phase that they want to uh, add on to their backyard. So maybe they have a small little patio, but they uh, now want to do more cooking in their backyard, get togethers more in their backyard. That's another pain point as well. But it's more so not having those skills and expertise to be able to put this all together and get what's in their head out onto a piece of paper and then start that build process. But I would sit down and I would brainstorm and create as many of these pain points for your specific avatars that you could possibly think of so that all of these different pain points are going to help us create a hook specifically for that client when we're making content. Because when we're coming up in their feed and we're paying for that space, we want to be able to hook that client immediately and be able to address that pain point in the first three seconds so that they're scrolling through, they see our face, they see in the background of our content, a beautiful outdoor living space, and we hit immediately on that visual 
that, hey, they've been thinking about an outdoor living space in their backyard. They see our face, we're presentable, and our first few seconds of our hook is something addressing that pain point. Fears, like I said, it could go hand in hand with pain points, but fears are more so, uh, especially when dealing with contractors, maybe they've been burned in the past by a contractor, uh, especially with the lift and relay. Maybe they're a bit more hesitant when it comes to contractors. So how can you address those fears, especially when it comes to something like a lift and relay that needs to be done that maybe they just had a few years back done? How can you alleviate their fears? Well, what we do in my business is we do very deep detailed proposals and we spell out to a T exactly what we're going to do for them to make sure that their project is not going to fail. And with these very specific proposals, I also have my video links in there from YouTube so that they can actually check out and see us doing what we do and what we explain that we're going to do and show them that we're true to our word with we do ABC. You see us in the video doing ABC for our clients, you know that you're gonna get ABC. And a fear for a design build client could be as simple as they don't even know where to start. They don't even know where to begin and they don't even know how what to look for in a contractor. Typically, people only get one design build project in their life. Uh, maybe if they move to, and I'm talking like backyard design build, typically once in their entire lifetime unless they are typical movers. So when it comes to that, you want to be able to alleviate that fear of knowing what type of contractor they are looking for and uh, how to even find the right contractor for the project. So that is just one fear that comes to mind. But like I said, especially with pain points, list a major list of fears that you think a client may have when looking for a solution to their problem of lift and relay, design build, whatever that is. Which brings me to desires, and this is what they want. What are the results that they are looking for? And you wanna list, once again, as many of these as you possibly can. Do they want their front entrance to stand out from everybody else on their street, on their in their neighborhood? Are they just looking to have their pavers fixed because it's a safety hazard? Is it fixing the front steps for safety? Are they looking for an outdoor living space to be able to spend more time with their family, to get them outdoors more, to cook outdoors, to uh, be able to enjoy the outdoors with their grandkids and be able to uh, assemble a larger family unit into their backyard, create their backyard as a more so gathering space for their entire family. What are the desires of this client's avatar? And if you have multiple client avatars for different services or different divisions in your business, you're creating different desires for each of those client's avatars. You also want to ask yourself, why can they not get these results? Why are they unable to fulfill their desires? And for us, typically they don't have the expertise. They don't have the time to do it, even if they did have the expertise. Or it could be as simply as they don't have the money to be able to accomplish what they want to accomplish. And in that case, you're, you're talking to them about a more phased approach if they are interested in a design build. And if it is a uh, lift and relay, it could be that they don't have the money to do a full entire revamp of the space. That's going to come later in the future. But for now, they just want to make it less of a safety hazard. So obviously, they don't have the money to be able to do everything that they want to at this immediate point in time. These are roadblocks or why they aren't able to not get the results that they are looking for. And that's why they are reaching out to a contractor or they are just beginning the stages of looking for a contractor.
And now with all of this information and hopefully you've really taken the time to uh, be able to list these different things out because it is going to help you immensely. Like I said, with the creative content and speaking directly to that client avatar. And the more you can do that, the more it's not just like a vanilla uh, for everybody out there, the more you're going to get the best bang for your buck when it comes to advertisements, because not only are you going to only get in front of the homeowners that you are looking to get in front of, but it's also going to speak directly to their pain points, directly to their fears, and address everything that you need to in that creative to show them that you are potentially the contractor to go with. So with all that, you're going to get in, in front of the eyes that you want to get in front of, but also convert those eyes into leads into your business. And that's going to cost you less than when it comes to ad spend. If you're not just throwing money at any eyes that are coming to your ad spend, it's also going to help you narrow down those neighborhoods that you want to work in. It's going to uh, allow you to be able to target those specific neighborhoods and know your clients a little bit better. And like I said, this is a an ongoing thing that you can continue to add to, deduct from, or create different client avatars because you can continue to create different ads for specific client avatars. And we're gonna get into more content creation for uh, everything that we've talked about here for these avatars in either the next episode or the episode after that. Like I said, this is going to be a three-part series, I think, uh, just based on everything that I've got written down here. And I don't want to overwhelm too much from episode to episode. So our next episode is either going to be on content creation or where to find your clients and how to be able to uh, get them to know, like, and trust you to become that contractor for their business. But with all of this, I do want your feedback. If this was helpful, if this was not helpful, uh, we've gone through creating that client avatar, going through age, income, location, job, education, marital status, do they have kids, do they have pets? Obviously they're a homeowner, but getting into their interests, that's a very important one for the future uh, episode that we're gonna be getting into where to find your clients. And we talked about their addressing their pain points and their fears, their desires, and just to throw another one at you, also, where are they listening or watching media? What is their preferred platform? Where do you think that they are looking at? I think the obvious ones for my client avatars would be something like Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, because it's a more, it's a older, excuse more to an older demographic. And uh, Instagram, because it's a visual platform and that's what we're doing. We're doing very visual work. And when it comes to TikTok, it's still a little bit too young for that, but it, it never hurts to be on multiple platforms if you can give quality and consistency to those different platforms. Because on TikTok, you could still be speaking to the kids of those uh, parents that are looking for work to be done. And I've heard stories about uh, kids bringing landscapers to their parents based off of TikTok or Instagram as well. So like I said, I do want feedback. If this was helpful, if this was not helpful, if you want me to go further into any of these topics or, or creating that client avatar even further, giving you even more examples, I do want feedback if this was helpful, like I said there. But that is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to me throughout this. 
uh, shoot me a message at how to hardscape on Instagram or at I am a hardscaper if you want to shoot me a personal message there. Any questions that comes from this episode or future episodes that you want me to dive deeper into. And this is part one of the marketing series that I'm going to be doing here. And uh, you'll have a couple more parts coming here shortly in the coming weeks. And if you did enjoy this, if you did get some sort of value, Spotify allows you to leave a five star rating. Apple Podcasts allows you to leave a five star rating and a written review. If you do leave a written review, I'll shout you out on the podcast to thank you for that. And those really do help the podcast and help them grow as well as if you would share this content, share this podcast with somebody in the industry, somebody that is a peer, somebody that you talk to online, Instagram, there is a share button on this podcast. It's a very easy way to really support this podcast. And I do appreciate that if you do that. And I just appreciate you listening in uh, week in and week out. Also, if you're listening to this on Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you have a great start to your new year. It just falls on a Monday here as well as the new year falls on a Monday. But we'll continue to bring these episodes regardless on the day that it does fall on. And if you are looking for a software to get into on your business headquarters, how to hardscape headquarters software that helps you budget, estimate job costs, schedule, time tracking, and so much more that we got in works for that, as well as it includes training on uh, installation of hardscaping, interlocking concrete pavement, segmental retaining walls, and so much more courses that we're working on in the future to help you in your business if you need it, as well as to help you train and onboard your employees for the future there. Locked in pricing only until the end of 2023. So if you're looking to get in, locked in pricing, we will never raise your pricing. That's the last chance. And as always, we want to thank our long-term partner here, sponsor Cycle CPA. If you're looking for bookkeeping, accounting, CFO services, reach out to Cycle CPA at cyclecpa.com. Let them know how to hardscape sent you for $200 off their services there. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.